0: The final snap of Super Bowl 45, the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am your host, as always, Nuwak, and joining me this week for a preview of a playoff a playoff game. Essentially, they got a win to get in. Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Doing well. Uh, fearing, what is it? The fearing for the worst, hoping for the best. Yeah, I think that that applies to all Packer fans right now.
2: I would agree. I like. I'm fine right now because it's still so far away. As much as I am a fan for them playing in primetime on sunday i'm also not a fan because i really don't want to, have to sweat all day long like they either win and get in and it's a good time or they get embarrassed by the lines on national tv and <laughs> i'm having a terrible time
1: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> it's, it, that's basically how it boils down and i'm not a fan of sweating this one out more or less
1: yeah um more so than that is this Aaron Rodgers last game was a Green Bay Packer at, this, Lambeau. at Lambeau of course too I mean there's just a lot of a lot of things on the line um, <laughs> a lot of compounding to, narratives compounding narratives I know the Seahawks uh, fans were very mad about not getting the the primetime slot Um, I mean it's not an easy <laughs> That's kind of easy, ride to, to be having, uh, no matter what way you put it, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is this is the the for all the marbles, as they say, and that is uh, the seventh seed in the OC, <laughs> right? That's exactly right.
2: Uh, before we get into the episode, I wanted to invite all of our listeners to check us out on Repod, we have uh, just launched our podcast over there where we can have. Uh, discussions and you can listen to the pod there as well they have a native playback feature there and just sort of build a community over on repod with toggle tundra with make time for this with uh the Eurostep and win six feeds it's a really great um really great service that we're excited to be a part of moving forward they have different um i guess i'm how, how do we say it Interest like football you can just join football communities like football in general soccer if you want to do the other football movies tvs Think if you have an interest for all likelihood it's on repod and you can find podcasts um and find new creators to listen to to get more takes on the things you love to do so go check us out on repod um we'll be commenting over there on some of our um some of our podcasts including talk of the tundra as well as like I said, make time for this for cruising for a bruising, all the other GSPN uh podcasts. So we can't wait to talk to you guys there, comment, have discussion. So go check it out. But with that, let's get into Cheeseboard Talk. Cheeseboard, the 16th edition of it. I still have trouble figuring out math when, with this new schedule. The 16th edition of the Cheeseboard. And it's a long one this week, folks, because. When you beat down the Vikings 41-17, a lot of people are going to deserve to go home and eat some dairy. So, starting off with the obvious, Keyshawn Nixon gets a nice slice of pepperjack to put atop his sandwich this week. Plus two for him, the biggest thing, obviously. Just the first kick return for a touchdown for the Packers in over a decade. And it was an exciting one. And that's really all he needed to do. I think he had three snaps. Like we said, three snaps this week. And he earned special teams player of the week for the NF- <laughs> NFC. So if you earn special teams player of the NFC, especially for the Packers, you get two cheeses.
1: Yeah, that simple. <laughs> two cheeses for three stamps. That's the price of, of doing business for Keyshawn Nixon. Exactly.
2: Um, also receiving two is Jair Alexander and his greeting nature for his work. Against and his big hats. His big hats. <laughs> uh, I think he got a gift from EJ, if I'm not mistaken. That was who, that, who he got that from. Um, big hats obviously made famous by brian robinson of the washington commanders earlier earlier this year Um, but yeah jair gets two for his incredible work on justin jefferson this week and pretty much backing up his talk that he had all week so that's really that's really all he needed to all needs to be said about jair also receiving two in the secondary is darnell savage with his pick six um really bouncing back from an up and down year like we talked about in the the post-game Vikings podcast. Just being benched, having a down year, but still handling it like a pro and showing up when you need to. He showed up when you need to. He made a a great play off of deflection, returned it for for six, and really swung the momentum of the game further in the Packers' direction than it had already been with the, uh, the kickoff return. So you get the plus two for that. Yep, for sure. Also earning plus two. The most points scorer in franchise history mason crosby gets a plus two for his uh career long field goal at lambo that doinked off the crossbar and in as well as just a solid game i think two field goals made and all the extra points that went along with uh that went along with scoring touchdowns we got double check yeah two field goals and five extra points all made so really great just to um just to get those points and be clutch when he needed to. I think it was a 26-yard field goal, and then obviously the 58, I think is what it was. So, big ups to Mason Crosby. Glad he could go and go out from distance. And 56 was a long on 58. Um, I think I saw from Matt LaFleur that he had thought about throwing a Hail Mary on that play, but before he could get the the people out there, he saw Mason Crosby out there <laughs> ready to go kick, and that he wasn't pulling Mason back, and he wouldn't have come back. So... Good for, uh, for races to have that confidence and just go out and kick it. Yeah. Um, That rounds it up for the twos. Long list of ones this week, earning a nice slice of Munster. Uh, first is Kenny Clark. Big game from Kenny Clark, stuffing run holes from keeping Dalvin Cook from having a big game, as well as the uh, the strip sack fumble recovery to, late in the game to sort of seal... Um, do that game off for of the packers and kind of stunt any momentum the vikings thought they were going to have so really glad to see him really bounce back again like all that the rest of this defense after not having a great year to start this not having a great season to start the year so he's definitely come on in this now i think four game winning streak um to really showcase why he is one of the staples of this defense
1: yeah for sure. always rises up for the divisional games, gets the rivals too. I think he's had plenty against the Vikings, mm-hmm. um certainly at home, definitely against the bears. um it's good that they the Packers end the season with a divisional rival in that sense right. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to see Kenny uh doing Kenny Clark things, and that's what you expect out of him and it's good to see that it comes through every now and then <laughs> over the course of this year right.
2: Like, he's definitely not one to get, like, a um, huge pile of sacks, like an edge rusher is. But he gets enough, or he gets enough QB hits to really make it matter. And that's where you want to see him Yeah. sort of operate. Especially being in the backfield on that uh, one-yard line goal stand. Like, he was in the backfield for two of those three plays. So, he showcases his worth there as well. Um, also earning a nice place as Munster. Munster. Um, every week, in and out, Aaron Jones, he earns one another 100-yard day for him. Um, on the ground and had an extra, looks like two yards in the passing game, but 100 yards on the ground, 111, will do just fine for him. So, he increases his lead on the cheese board Top it. Um, next up is Al Lazard, 5 for 6, 59 yards. Um, giving him one because he really just limited the drops, made the most of his targets, and didn't frustrate me. I think that's really... All that needs to be said. <laughs> um. So, that that's that's why he got one. Yeah. <laughs> <Damn>. Um. <laughs> next up is Bobby Tunyon. Uh, big day for him. This, I guess, going with standards and how he's had a season. Three catches on four targets, fifty-two yards, including the touchdown. Um, nice to see him get involved again. This is another benefit of passing the ball around, um, and just having that. Nice spread balanced offense, getting your tight end involved when he can do some damage, so he earns a nice slice. Next up, we're still going, people. Is uh, Adrian Amos another great day from the secondary player? He had an interception and just did really well. Couple pass deflections, great tackles. Just the, the secondary play, the integrity it's played so well. That's why there's one, two, three, five of them that are getting getting cheeses this week so but to round out the cheese board for this week he's dug himself out of the hole he's not on the board anymore because he's at zero because he earned one slice of cheese this week that is defensive coordinator joe barry he had to put together a plan consistently for the last month in order to get climb himself out of that hole especially against two Premier offenses in the Dolphins and the Vikings. He didn't earn one versus the Dolphins because of Tua's injury. And that was a big part of probably why they came back in that game. But um, he game planned this game as he should have. Like, clearly, well, not coincidentally, even though he didn't make the decision to put JJ or to put Jair on JJ, Jair and Razul made that decision. And then to back it up even further, Jair made, the decision, made that decision and Russell wasn't going to argue with him. Um, He understood that he needed to have confidence in his star players and his star corners. And just let them talk it out and think what they think is best to do covering him, had to cover J- Justin Jefferson having already done so earlier this year and understood what went wrong. So... I guess big ups to Joe Barry, understanding that that's what needed to get done to limit the leading receiver in the NFL to one catch on 15 yards.
1: Joe Barry, not Joe buried. <laughs> Someone call an ambulance, but not for me. Is
2: that why we agreed to give him one? You couldn't wait any longer to take to hold that token. You just had
1: to. Um, I mean, there's no time to reverse course and. Uh, uh Watch the last game of the year and see the Packers allow 34 points. All in the, Lions the goodwill
2: and... goes out the window if they allow a big game to Jared Goff and the Lions. All it in the is goodwill.
1: True. But we are we are a week by week case. I, I know it's it. This might be controversial among our top community. Our tater, top nation. Our, our tater tots. <laughs> our tater tots out there. <laughs> top nation. Um, everybody's like, "What in top Nation is <laughs> Joe Barry's getting the cheese?" Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's it's this is what you wanted to see. Isn't this not what you paid for? This is what right. everybody wants to see out of the Packers defense. And uh, again, good game plan, even better execution. Um, yeah, it's 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 clear as day, at Joe Barry. You are out of the negative zone. (laughs) For now. For now. For now.
2: (laughs) I I will I'll be quick on the trigger to give it back to him if you have bad week this week. (laughs) Um so the cheese board after sixteen games. Gotta take a big breath here. Aaron Jones (laughs) leads the way as always with eleven. Jair Alexander and Keisha Nixon have six, along with Preston Smith. Devonta Campbell, AJ Dillon, Christian Watson have five. With four is Kenny Clark, Rashawn Gary, Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins. Oh, no, I lied. Just Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary. Got ahead of myself. With three is Darnell Savage, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon, Mason Crosby, Quay Walker, Russell Douglas, Romo Dobbs, Rudy Ford, Aaron Jones. I lied again. Just Rudy Ford. With two, I get ahead of, I get ahead of myself. Is Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, David Bakhtiari, Jeron Ger- Reed, Pat O'Donnell, Randall Cobb, and Bobby Tunyon, and Zach Tom. And rounding out the list with one is Adrian Amos, Eric Stokes, Devontae Wyatt, Josh Myers, Chris Barnes, Sammy Watkins, and Yash Nyman. So, that is the cheese board heading into week 18. And uh, they're going to need some more this week. We'll get into the injury report first before we jump into the game. Um, Matt LaFleur said this week that they felt they came out pretty pretty fresh out of the Vikings win. They came out pretty much like scot Free. Um, But the injury report this week, it was like a jog-through. It says walk-through on the injury report, but I think I saw like Rob Domboski and others saying it was like in between actually practicing and walking through. So they did some rut-running and things like that, but nothing too strenuous. So David Bakhtiari with his knee and appendectomy was a limited participant in practice, along with EJ, Aaron Jones, and Keyshawn Nixon, and Christian Watson, all of them doing with their regular injuries. Yash uh, Diamond, who I, we haven't talked about before, um, has a shoulder injury that he was nursing, so that, that's why he cropped up, but he was just limited. Um, Aaron Rodgers did not participate, but I think that's just vet rest, essentially. Right thumb, knee. I think he had a knee injury crop up in the Dolphins game. That like that's I think I think like, that. You're muted, by the way. That happened, and that that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he was coming into the Vikings game with a knee injury, but it didn't hamper him at all it looked like, considering he had a couple runs. Um, and then full participants were Chris Barnes and Rudy Ford. Chris Barnes had a hand injury, which is the same one he's been on the injury port all year for. Rudy Ford had a wrist and knee injury. For the Lions, also a limited um, injury port for them, so they should be pretty much full health for all of their um, meaningful players to start with the easy ones. Evan Brown, their, one of their linemen, was a limited participant, along with Deshaun Elliott, a safety with a shoulder. A full participant was Justin Jackson, one of their backup running backs. Um, Frank Reganow, their center, had a foot injury. He did not participate. I'm not sure if he's played in games past. I can look it up quick. But he's like one of their... He didn't play last week. He did not play last week? Yes. So if he doesn't play this week, that would be... Relatively important. We saw how important that the uh the um what's the word center was for the Vikings last week. Yep. Um it according to Pro Football pro, pro football reference, he did play last week. He played ninety percent of the snaps. What? I'm, I'm just what I'm looking at.
1: Then I was duped.
2: Swindled, Who duped me? Bamboozled?
1: I was hoodwinked, bamboozled, jaw-ruled. (laughs) Jaw-ruled.
2: Yeah, he's played... uh... They kept talking about
1: him not playing. That is crazy.
2: Uh, From what I'm looking at, 2022 games, looks like he's played every game this season.
1: Mm.
2: Yeah. So, So regardless, if he plays, which it looks like he probably will, then that'll be good for the Lions. Um, I think. Oh, and then Coyote Awasika, a guard for them, was had an ankle and did not participate in practice, along with Jason Kambinda, a fullback. I haven't, you, haven't, you don't see a lot of like fullbacks listed anymore. No, I besides like Alec in- in- Angled, um, use check. I don't know if Alec Angled is an actual running or running back
1: or fullback. He might be a fullback, still, so. right? So, uh- Regardless, that's
2: the interport for the Lions. We'll hop right into it, folks. It's winning go home this week. We can't have another uh, showing out like the first game against the Lions. That would be very bad for for our mental health. (laughs) Hopefully it's New Year same Packers. I guess they already played a game in New New Year's. That doesn't really work, does it? (laughs) Um, but <laughs> can't hold that laugh in, my Kenya. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, let's hope this is a new year, as in they they turned the page. they were already building on something. Last week was the breakthrough. That is, they're like, oh, we're just gonna start the season January first of j of twenty twenty three, Um, when sixteen weeks have passed in right. the NFL season.
2: Um, Lions are playing well. They since the Packers game, they are seven and two. Like, they've clearly hit their stride coming into the latter half of the season, much like the Packers did. Like it took the Packers a couple more weeks to really come into their own. But since that game, both teams have really kind of turned it around and made their seasons pretty much matter.
1: Their offense is what really scares me, because yeah. like look I'm running through their schedule right now. Yeah, go ahead. After 15 points against the Bears or oh. Bears Packers, oh. cup. Um, let's go. Uh, next game against Bears, win 31 30. Gets the Giants 31 18. Lose to the Bills 28 25. Winning against the Jaguars 40 to 40, 40 to 14, 34 to 23 against Vikings a win. 2017 against the Jets, so kind of a you know mid tier. Um 37 23 against the Panthers lost. 41 10 against the Bears. This Lions team for all the soft talk of Jared Goff as like a placeholder QB for their rebuild. They have two very dynamic young wide receivers that can cause a lot of trouble between State Brown. Even DJ Shark, I'm going to I'm going to throw him in there. I'm going to do it. They had TJ Hawkinson and they have not like <laughs> missed the beat at all. Like it's kind of like a a trade that has definitely benefited both sides at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, you're missing so- a big and- team on there. Who am I missing?
2: Their star rookie wide receiver. Jamison Williams. Oh, yes. He came back and uh is doing some good things for me. He made his debut. Um Trying to think of when he actually made his debut. The... That,
1: that might have been for the Jets game. Maybe even the Vikings game.
2: He has five games played. So if we can go back. Oh, Jesus. The, um, see all games. So he made his debut on December 4th against the Jaguars. Okay. Um, although it was only targeted once. He only has one catch on the season. So I guess I don't know why I thought he was doing so bad or he was doing so well. You want to know what it was? Yeah. He has one catch on two targets, 41 yards, and a touchdown <laughs> against the Vikings. And then mm. his only other stat he has is one rush for 40 yards last week against the Bears. I think I just saw those two together and just assumed he was
1: doing pretty good things. But just Lighting the world on fire.
2: Three targets last week against the Bears, one against the Panthers, one against the Jets. So easing him in, but I don't see why they wouldn't try and take the top off the defense with him. He's good.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, the, the other thing too, we talk about the Packers having a two-headed running attack. Lions might have, like, one of the best this season. Yeah. Between Jamal Williams to former Packer, um, maybe the best Cuban ever. <laughs>
2: Noted Pokemon lover. Noted, Noted Pokemon lover. Noted Pokemon um, lover.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs> um, he has been a touchdown machine. DeAndre Swift has battled through injury, but has been trending upward too, and Certainly, factors of the past game as well as on the ground. This, that's there's just a lot to like about a lot to like in an objective way. Uh, the um, mm-hmm. this line offense, and there's a lot to dislike about this line offense if you're talking about the Packers and defending all these weapons, right? Um, yeah, the, I don't know that it's, it's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object that it, between this Packers. Defense and the Lions' offense. So, who making stops, creating turnovers? If you can do it, are critical. But, um, yeah, I I don't know. Scale one to ten. I would definitely go like a nine, as me being really scared for this Lions' defense or offense to just explode. Yes, very much so. Um, the.
2: Jamal Williams, sorry, second in the league in touchdowns, fifteen, and I think like a majority of them, like I think over half, came at the one yard line. Like he's really good from the one yard line.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, only behind Austin Eckler, who's having an incredible, incredible year, um, in terms of touchdowns scored this year. So yeah, like that that two headed monster running back that you talked about, that like the Packers have, they also have the Lions have with DeAndre Swift, like he's sort of the, the gasher on in that offense from the running game, but he's Jamal Williams can do that too. Like you can't discount his running ability outside of the one yard line. He's, he's good. He's there's a yeah. reason they're doing so well this year and he's part of it or in the stretch he's a big part of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's very easy to get We're we're going to talk about the lion's weapons and it's, it's integral to stopping just where they are and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. None of this is possible without their offensive line being really improved. Um, and why Ragnar, who I thought did not play at all last week, uh played 90% of his snaps. Um, that's a that could be a big, big underserved storyline without or throughout all of this. They made the big selection for Penny Sewell, uh, not this past draft, but the uh previous one. He is like an all pro, mm-hmm. probably. Um, now has been kind of been their constant for a while now. I think even there's another guy that on their line that I've, um, I'm i misremembering his name, uh, that has been very kind of big for them. Um, I'm just it, it
2: it'll Evan Brown, Taylor, oh, Taylor Decker,
1: yes, Taylor, yes, I love yeah. tackle, yeah. So, you have some stability, you have guys that can really. take on all comers and uh protect the quarterback and stuff like that and we saw how much that affected the the Vikings last week right um and considering the form that Jared Goff has been in like it hasn't been just this this stretch he has been really like legitimately good more like Goff uh 2018-2017 when McVay first gets there in LA and you know, he revitalized his career after looking like he would be like one of the biggest busts of all time. And for him, like, as we talk with Kirk cousins, mm-hmm. golf is so, it's so situation dependent when he's not like, you know, he's a very good quarterback, but it's, it's more, it's not like this overwhelming talent. We're not talking about like a Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or anything like that, right. but a guy that can play his role, um, not just to repeat this word because it's literally his position, but quarterback the offense and just <laughs> keep, keep things um, running smoothly. Yeah. Man in the offense. Thank you, Peyton um, or Eli uh, Cooper. Arch. Archie. Archie <laughs> Arch or Archie. Yeah. Um, but man in the offense, just keep the like level headed and all that stuff. Like there is something to be said for that, especially, Considering the circumstances where they, yeah, they need help to get in the playoffs, but on the other side of it, they can easily play spoiler to the Packers. And I'm no doubt that nothing will change whether they are unable to make the playoffs or they have a shot at making the playoffs. They're going to play this the game the same way that they would I go into it.
2: Think if it's the the Seahawks win, they can't get in. But if, they, yes. if the Seahawks lose, then the Lions That's, can get in. Yes. So, like, I think Dan Campbell said, regardless, they're playing the, as it says, as a playoff game. And I don't think there's a better Constellation prize if you can't get into the playoffs than to stop Aaron Rodgers and the Packers from getting into the playoffs and sweep the season series. Like, that would be a huge win for the Lions. Huge. Like, huge. It's, huge. So I'd it's think, yeah. For, do for not the... them to roll over. I know there was a whole stupid thing on Twitter. If it even was a thing, and it's just the echo chamber that we both
1: the the schedule stuff.
2: So the scheduling thing was such an advantage to the Packers and whatnot, and such a no, the Lions absolutely not, absolutely.
1: It was that's so. I understand. I understand this. Um, does the does the NFL want to put their a marquee franchise as that has real implications to? They're not in yet. Right and there's so much writing on this game beyond the football field that yeah would they like to have that be their prime time game? Yeah, the, <laughs> I'm uh... sorry, it's very obvious. Um, I don't. Yeah, I that was all kind of. I thought I honestly, thought like there isn't. Bullshit.
2: Yeah, I, I totally agree. There isn't a lose scenario for NBC like doing this. The NFL doing this. No, because like I watched a video this week on YouTube that like NBC has the choice. That like in Week 18. Yes to pick what game they want so that the last game of the year isn't a dud and that they don't get yeah. like crap ratings. Um, so in picking the Lions and Packers games, like there's two options, either option one is the Seahawks win and the Packers need to win to get in and yeah. complete this five game winning streak to get in despite improbable chances to doing so. That's exciting to watch like without a doubt or the more exciting option if the Seahawks lose, then both teams need to win to get in. And that's great football. Like that's mm-hmm. great stakes. It's great emotion. Like teams are playing with energy and tenacity and that's just a great way to end the season. Like there's really no downside to putting this game um in the seven twenty slot.
1: I mean either way, like if I'm if I'm looking at it through alliance perspective, the baseline is if you beat the Packers this week you can go into the offseason and, you know, look nine months ahead down the line and be like, we have a better future than them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we can't like been. that is such a huge thing for where they are as a franchise within this, this rebuild, the, the program that um Dan Campbell is putting together and all that stuff. It's such a huge there's so much to begin. To be yes, I might not mean that you make the playoffs but like i uh, that's part of where like that whole thing about like the scheduling and stuff like it fell so short to me because it's not like right it, it's totally different than any other sport that i could even make a comparison to so like yeah um
2: and even that, th- like on, on the future part that you're talking about they look into this off season like like i said if they lose then they lose but they're still in a good place yeah, if they win and they get in, like, i got. There's two options. They lose, it sucks. They're out of the playoffs, top end of the season, but they still have a great core. Yeah. If they win and miss it, it's like okay, swap the season series. We're in a great spot moving forward. If they win and get in, they're now a playoff team that has a top ten pick next year because of the Rams yeah. pick. Like right now, they sit right now with that Rams pick at six with the Rams going 5-11. and 11, Depending on how the Rams pick goes, I think they play the Seahawks, don't they? Yes. Then they could drop to and... top five, or they, like, they're like they not dropping more than 10, because the ten spot right now is going to the New Orleans pick, which is going to Philly, at 7-9. and nine. Yeah. So th- with the Rams having five wins, they can't get to seven with one game left. So worst case scenario... They have a top ten pick and possibly a playoff spot. Like that's a great place to be.
1: And if we're going further down this rabbit hole, the Rams have like you can't say, Oh, they're gonna take the game to boost their pick because they
2: don't have their pick. Right. <laughs> like the, so like they're like, like, playing to play.
1: Yeah, they're playing to play. They they, they don't sign Baker Makefield to whatever rest of the season contract and right. whatever else may come of it. But like yeah. It was a nothing burger to quote a famous philosopher. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> all, a with all of that being like said, yeah,
2: defense has got to show up and stop this offense. Like, we talked about earlier with how much how many points they've scored.
1: They did, they did the first time around,
2: right? They did the first time around, but I think that was just ugly football. I don't know what the crap happened there, but it's just like they, they, they've clearly been better since that game. Yeah. It's going to require a, a similar level of um, effort and game planning from the defense and Joe Barry to get there because they have dynamic weapons. The, as you touched on, we kind of got, we kind of went off on a little side trail there, but they run the ball. Well, if like you would tell me, I, 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 want you to guess Jordan, where do you think the lions are in the league in
1: rush yards? Rush yards. I think it's high just because what I believe. No, Why am I, I
0: would
2: go fifth. Close. They are sixth. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Oh, oh, that was passing. I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> I been, it threw off my entire <laughs> my entire line of thinking. They oh. are eleventh. I apologize. So That's still, still good. better half of the league. I was looking at the number. I'm like, four thousand rushing yards is a lot of rushing yards. <laughs> That's why. I, to double check my mid sentence there. That's like nine
1: I don't think even a mm, there's no, no there's way. No way. The, yeah. So yeah. The There would have to be a thirty game NFL season for someone to, to do that. that. Yeah. But still,
2: eleventh in the league, <laughs> better than the Packers who we've said have good rushing games. Um better than the Titans who have Derrick Henry and reliable backups. Better than the Raiders who Josh Jacobs is having a great year. Better than the Steelers with Najee Harris. Um the Dolphins with their Jeff Wilson and um well, I gotta think of his name. Mostert um backfield. And like, the
1: forty niners too with Jeff Wilson and
2: Right. <laughs> like <laughs> the they just have a dynamic backfield. And they both can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So it's gonna be important to stop them. Like we made a point as to that the Packers' run defense wasn't so good. All year long, I think this is going to be just another test and another test that needs the, the Packers need to pass in order for them to make the playoffs. Essentially,
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, I wanted to look up what how many points the the uh, the Lions have scored in the second half in, during this stretch. I think that. Could be a battle, depending on like, because like obviously, like we said, they only allowed Packers only allowed one touchdown to the um, two opposing offenses in the second half over the last during the win streak. I'm pretty sure. So, so yeah, since the bye week. So I think that would could be an interesting stat to see, but I gotta find it first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, we okay. So let's flip it. Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Going into the first Lions game, mm-hmm. big emphasis on this Lion defense is rating as one of the worst historically. They have seemingly, I mean, going through the run of scores in their last, since the last Packers game, they have seemingly um, come back down to earth. They're not as bad, but I wouldn't say that they are, you know, for as much as the the Packers are coming back or regressing in a positive direction, the Lions are doing the same, but I wouldn't say their talent level is not any. You still think the Packers are a more talented defense. Right. Um, outside I mean, they have certainly some pieces. Aiden Hutchinson's gonna be, a, He's gonna be a problem.
2: So good. Did you see that clip of him um this week against the Bears at the end of the half?
1: I oh, watched that game.
2: You, you saw that you saw that play then?
1: Oh yeah.
2: Aiden Hutchinson, uh at the end of the half knew that the Bears needed to get out of bounds to like throw a Hillary. So rather than lining up on the line, he stood one yard off of the sideline off of, like, a receiver that just, like, wasn't there. He was basically... They basically were playing 10 on 11 if you were the back... uh, If you were Justin Fields thinking about it, Justin Fields throws, like, the out route to the receiver. who was wide open. But then 800, just like, steps in front of him and picks it off, and he doesn't return. I think he just, like, goes down or gets tackled. But really just a smart, smart, smart play that you can really only do once. But yeah, just a great play because they were, I think, down. not know, they weren't down there kicking their butt. They led 24 um 10 at halftime. So but just a smart place to make sure the Bears couldn't get momentum going to halftime.
1: Um and obviously the Packers had their worst offensive performance of the year. Yep. Against the Lions. Rodgers in that game looked Definitely the worst game I can remember him playing ever. Um, objectively speaking, there's probably other ones that come to mind. Maybe the Saints game from last year, or whatever the case. But like he just—it was just the the worst habits. It was the worst it was bad throws. It was just nothing. There's no pulse on like what he was doing. And he was just trying to find something to salvage that game. Right. And it was just abysmal. It was just this abominable game. Um, now he's not, he's much improved, obviously that you can easily just say, like, well, that was one game. You just throw it out. Uh-huh. But we also know this isn't how we're talking about Rogers. Now, even during this win streak, I don't. If I had to put a letter grade on it, I think it would just be like a solid B. It's not like overwhelming. Like he has those throws, but like right. there's still like stretches that you
2: know um, we well. Like it's simple as that. Like you yeah, said like they'd be minus honestly.
1: Yeah, like there's drives where like he'll have for every he might have like four really good plays, but there's one that's like oh you missed Watson on a deep bomb yep. or um, you took a sack or didn't throw the ball away. Like if yep. those things like it just keeps like niggling and it's just like uh like right i don't know the, the, it, it the perfect game
2: hasn't bust. been thrown yet by rogers this season and there's opportunity to but he just hasn't had the mistake free game which is tough to do in the nfl like, regardless but it's the same issues we've seen throughout the season like taking an untimely sack not throwing the ball away like you said like those things are things that he shouldn't be doing as a yep. hall of fame world winning quarterback like it's just Inexplicable sometimes, which is why that B B minus grade exists for him right now. Yeah. So before we get you over, before we move on, I did find not find. I've just opened up all the box scores.
1: There we go. For the
2: Lions second half scoring. Um, they haven't went a game since the Packers game without scoring a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Wow. Which is like I'm sorry, besides last week when it was 41 10. They scored a field goal though. So they've scored in every fourth quarter they've played since the um since the Packers game. Which like is evidenced as the same thing as the Vikings, they don't roll over. They have a very strong head coach and leadership with them that they're not going to ever stop trying to win the game. Like I think that's without a doubt. So you're gonna need a complete game for the defense regardless, but I think that's enough on the defense. I just wanted to want to uh that. Yeah. The loose ends on the the arguments. So, But yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that with how bad this defense is, like the defense has allowed the most yards in the NFL all year long. That's for sure. I have that column sorted properly. (laughs) Um, But last week was the Vikings. They're second worst. Like, I think the opportunity is there to have a similar type of game. Maybe they don't have three interceptions and a kick return touchdown again, but hopefully the offense can move kind of how it did in the second half. Like, I think the offense was grinding in the first half, to be completely honest. Yes. And the second half, once they had that comfortable lead, they kind of had their wits about them and scored 14 points the second half. So if they can have success in the first half and have a four complete games of offense, because I think they they will need it to score the points in order to not kind of clench when the lions start coming back in the ha- after halftime as they're pretty much evidence in doing.
1: That's what makes the start of this game really. I mean, the whole game was going to be compelling. What am I talking about?
2: No, but- no I, 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 I think it was the dolphins. No, the Rams, maybe they scored a touchdown on their first drive. I, like it, it, it happened. Yes, because so there was rarely. a big thing about right. they it, hadn't it's scored so a lot. Rarely that they just don't yeah. score in touchdowns, like on, on first drives, and they need to. Like this is the game They need to do it.
1: <laughs> it's just like because we saw such an emphasis on giving it. Part of the grindy element was okay. They went into that game riding Aaron Jones or riding AJ Dillon, riding the running game. Right. They, that's where they put their eggs in that basket. Now you're, you know, and a lot of that again, it was all adjusted when, but they they can still ride that down and just like put their foot down on the gas because they could be like, well, we just got the biggest fluke scored. We scored our first kick return touchdown in a decade. Right. I think we're going to run the ball and try to milk this for all it's worth. And on top of that, they had more takeaways and scores. Right. So if you don't have that luck, who are you going to trust more? Is the big key It's a wonderful
2: question the offense as why well, you get you have a, am gonna make this episode explicit you have a shit-eating grin light now, right now <laughs> asking me that question you got a lot of gall there jordan because <laughs> you know the answer as well as i do the 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 play calling has really or i guess i can't say for certain because rogers all audible so much at the line the way the game has been managed by Rodgers and how it's been called by the floor would tend to lean. They're going to trust Rodgers to throw the ball and win in the game versus running Aaron Jones to lead them to victory. Like some weeks they do, some weeks they don't, but it's hard to walk that line and figure out what's the best thing to do when your best player is Aaron Jones, regardless, like,
1: I even think, at whatever percent he is right now you're right like i think i'm more comfortable he was not on the injury report right he was Correct. not he, he was, was
2: not on the injury report, report. Yeah. i'm more comfortable in asking aaron jones to win us the game or like through the middle quarters like through the first second third quarter i want them to ride aaron jones to get us to a victory i do think that if we're coming down to the wire it should be like aaron jones maybe passing to aaron aaron Rodgers passing to aaron jones to get him involved and get both those dynamic players involved. You know what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I trust Rodgers to have good ends of games because he's been doing it recently. Like came back against the, the bears came back against the dolphins. Like, I think that again, the dolphins part was more to a being concussed and throwing bad interceptions. <laughs> they gave us field position than it was Aaron Rodgers driving the field every drive and winning the game. But he still we still came back, you know what I mean, yeah. and he still executed it to the point where he sort of needed to to win that game. I just want I don't want to say like what if if we're stuck running the ball nine times in a drive and go a couple yards and then punt, you know what I mean like I can live with. Rodgers throwing the ball away I think even though I would bitch and moan that they didn't run Aaron Jones but I think I'd be more in my heart of hearts wondering why Aaron Rodgers wasn't throwing the ball at the end of the game
1: you know what I mean yeah this is the this is the dilemma that they have walked into the last no uh, every year of the Packers career yeah and the irony, as much as we have problems with the offense, it, it's more so execution wise. It's, it's not, it's always been about you have the infrastructure in place, just put some damn points on the board. Um,
0: I do is, feel like,
1: Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I, I, just to finish my thought, I, I do think they have kind of found a balance that I think is, was more achievable now. Like the the balance that we expected going into the year, it's finally here. And that's part of that is like, you got through all of the storms of the first couple of weeks, 10 weeks, (laughs) a couple of weeks. Um, Watson emerging obviously helped the passing game and Jones did everything possible to, keep the Packers afloat, even when they forgot that he was on their team multiple weeks. Um, Right. But now, like, even with – like, A.J. Dillon's, like, doing his best against a lot of people in the box and stuff like that. But, like, he's the prototypical grinder, you know, like three yards, four yards. It doesn't matter. It's still moving. Chewing up clock. It's still eventually leading into Packers' first downs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I feel like right now, like – how we talk about this offense going into the year kind of reflects on where it is right now. It's not perfect, but it's, there's still a lot of things that you can look towards being, you know, you have this, you have that it's there's signs of progress and they're being helped out by a defense. that's actually putting everything together and not just being, you know, keeping them in the game, but they're winning the game, actively winning the game with the defense, just, you know, holding, Holding their opponents with and generating turnovers and all that stuff.
2: Right. No. Absolutely. Like what we thought. Like like you just said, what we thought the offense would be at the beginning of the year with a run-first offense that's balanced across the way is not what we're finding after they went past heavy for the first part of the year. And to touch back on my apologetic interruption, is that <laughs> I disagree slightly that we haven't been okay with that. We've we've been okay with the play calling like most of the year, like we have problems with some of the play calling, Yes, particularly down and short, like goal line, <laughs> yeah. third and one, fourth and one. Rarely do we see consistently an AJ Dillon a gap run. It's, it's yeah. always outside. And that's like the frustrating part about some of these things is that, okay, we have a, we have the formula with quadzilla and a good line. Just run it forward. Don't pitch it out laterally. They get cute. Run they 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 get they get cute. They really do. Mm-hmm. Like I I think we've become such a great like maybe best in the league running team outside the tackles that when <sighs> you can really just run up the middle they get baited into running outside because we're so good at it. Mm-hmm. Especially in tight um formations. Like I feel like sometimes we'll see a, a big line and then like a slot receiver and a tight end and they'll still go outside. It's like Mm
1: -hmm. just just
2: run inside the tackles there.
1: Yeah. It's too much work. Yeah. Too much work just you're running more to bounce outside than you would be just like trying to get one yard.
2: I trust AJ Dillon with a lot of things. And I think a lot of that is running up the middle for a yard. Yeah. Like it takes you're basically making the defense make a play because I think for on average AJ Dillon's guaranteed 1 yard like and on, on any run but when it's the when the line makes a mistake or the defense defensive line makes a play and shoots a gap and trips him up for less than a yard that's a that's a good defensive play like I like mm-hmm. that play call it just didn't work out because a player made a play I'm fine with that result honestly but on average I think Aaron, AJ Dillon can get a yard on almost any play Yeah. So I think that's just some of the stuff we need to figure out. And the and the long throws on fourth down. Like fourth and short and they throw it sixty yards. Like we don't need to be doing those things. But we've we've mitigated play calling enough that we don't need to re-litigate it. (laughs) Um Weirdly, I should say weirdly, coming back down to Earth, Christian Watson hasn't had the best couple of games since his explosion. I think if he explodes this game, he wins rookie of the year. I really do. Like, this push began with his explosion when Robo Dobbs first went out, and he was the
1: the guy. Did he not have... He didn't have a touchdown. Well, he had the one. He had the running touchdown. He didn't have a receiving touchdown the first line, before the first Lions game, right?
2: Or after. Correct. He didn't like what, like the Lions game ended and he had the only, he had the one touchdown earlier in the season. His first receiving touchdown came against the Cowboys, which was the next
1: week. Um, he probably gets a, uh, Okuda on him, right? Uh, probably. Either him or
2: Lazard. Like, knowing Lazard has the propensity mm. to catch balls for first downs and touchdowns, um, I could see them putting Jeff Okuda on Lazard, maybe, like, split him between him and Watson, depending on the scenario. Because, like, if if Lazard does his role this week and catches balls for first downs and moves the ball for them, then I think that's something the Lions are going to want to limit and why I could see them putting Jeff Okuda on um, on Alan Lazard. But, again, I see your point of view in that they could just throw him on Christian Watson to keep him in check. So, it's really just... Depending on how that defensive coordinator really wants to run it, because I think there's the validity to both those those game plans.
1: You being Aaron Glenn, that is the one defense coordinator. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, it would so to big, be. Big star of Hard Knocks, by the way. If you haven't watched the Hard Knocks, yes, that's right. it's really, really good. <laughs>
1: um, it would be a good. I, I think you even mentioned it after the Vikings game. It would be good to see Dobbs make a little bit of noise,
2: yeah, he's been quiet, like it's I think it's more so that they're just healthy, and yeah. he's become a victim to what I have been preaching as a good thing for the Packers offense and that they've been spreading it around um again this week, if I can quickly pull it up ten um, I think right? that was last week or two weeks ago now um Packers had one two three, four five six, seven eight receivers along ah with. Three rushers, including um, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Patrick Taylor. So everybody's getting involved. I think he just became a victim of this style offense, which I'm okay with because I think this style offense leads to winning for this iteration of the team. When he was going off in the early parts of the year, people were hurt. Jimmy Watkins was hurt. Randall Cobb was banged up. Like he was, Lazard Lazard was getting like yeah, same like same thing. He was getting targets because there was nobody else to throw to. And so, having come coming, coming off the injury and coming off the injury at, when he did, when the Packers are starting to get into the swing and find out that spreading the ball and throwing to everybody who can catch the ball is a good sub-offense of for this team, I think he is, is getting less targets that way. Like I think that's really all it is. I don't think he's lost trust from Aaron Rodgers or just uh, receded from as a rookie receiver. I just think there isn't... there aren't enough plays in the game for him to be targeted as much as Christian Watson or Almazard, honestly.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's I mean we saw with it, it was flipped when Watson was trying to find his way. Dobbs was kind of the hot hand, or the you know it, it comes and goes. Especially when you're that young, it's your rookie season. right Now you throw in a high ankle sprain, which is not an easy injury to come back from at all, Absolutely. especially mid-season. So yeah, he's he's on the field doesn't necessarily mean that like. He's got the same spring in his step as he was, you know, start the year and stuff like that. Right. But yeah, just some it, it more so Dobbs. It could be Tunyon, who had a good game last week, and yeah. obviously the cheese. Like just someone to kind of, you know, an added a piece to the pie of just like just you never know where those like plays are going to come from. Right, but there's three or five that are going to dictate whether the offense is clicking. And uh, throw a Randall comment in the mix too
0: mm-hmm.
1: um the office is clicking. it puts points on the board, all that stuff. There's gonna be those plays where it's like we're gonna we're gonna be he- right here talking Sunday night, whether win or loss and be like, if they had made that play or when they made that play, right. that's when like it just flips things. and it's you, it's always hard to forecast where that's gonna come from, but like it just happens. Routinely,
2: right? No, absolutely. I think that it's a great thing for an offense to have when you don't know who's going to show up big in a game. Like, yeah, it makes the defense plan for everybody. Like we just saw, Bobby Tony gets a cheese for three catches and fifty yards on touchdown. Like he yeah. has that ability to make impact plays if the defense doesn't account for him. I think with Mercedes Lewis, like it's really good yep. to have this really. Vast amount of playmakers on your offense when you need them to make plays. I think it's a direct contrast of why past iterations of this team failed. It was Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That was that it's was the go-to. Right thing. In, yeah, you knew teams knew what was going to happen. Now they have options. Rodgers has to go through his reads. He doesn't just look at Devontae Adams and knows that Tay can make a catch. He has to. Find the open receiver he has to look for the best throw possible where that just wasn't the thing and like i, I i'm really enjoying and i'm drinking the, the kool-aid on this team right now because it's such a direct contrast of how they've had successful seasons since in the in the uh, excuse me in the lafleur era that it's nice to maybe try something different Sure, win 39 games over your first three seasons, but you don't have the trophy to come home with it. So, at which point, maybe... You don't even don't. have a Super Bowl appearance. Exactly. Like, it's better that maybe they are finding their groove right now. Like, we said it last episode, and I've said it with people on Twitter, I've said it with, with coworkers. It's very 2010-like. Like... If if they go on to do it, which we're a far way off, we're at least five games away right now. Yeah, we're at most five games away. Mm-hmm. It will be the same pathway. It'll be the exact same pathway. They were the sixth seed in 2010. They'll be the seventh seed if they get in now. Like it'll they won't have they don't have their home game at Lambeau. This is the last game yeah. of at Lambeau this season. We'll have to go to a division winner. It was the Commanders or the. Eagles in 2010, it'll be whoever this this round. If they're the seventh seed, which they are going to be, they'll have to face the top seed in the second round, which they did in 2010 against the Falcons, and then go on the road in the NFC Championship game if they get there. Like it's the it's mirroring what we've seen already and how they won, just with a different iteration of the team. And I do think that having watched. A decade and a half of rogers this playoff chances and watching them go 13 and three or 15 and one or 13 and four and flounder early like 15 and one they lost in an embarrassing <sighs> fashion to the giants at home like remember we we said maybe we haven't talked about it on here but it's been talked about ad nauseum in the packers fan realm teams aren't afraid to come to lemo anymore like We're not a cold weather team anymore. It's just, we're just not like nobody's afraid to come to Lambo anymore because we haven't proved to the teams coming into Lambo that they should be. Yeah. And that's maybe a good thing. Maybe we don't need people to come to Lambo and be cold. Like it's cold, yeah, but it's cold for everybody. It's cold for Rogers throwing the ball. It's cold for everybody catching the ball. Why not go to San Fran and play in the nice weather? Why not go to Dallas and play in the Dome? why not go to these other places where it's not eight fricking degrees and see what your players have to offer in the
1: best conditions. Not a Dan Campbell has something to say about it.
2: <laughs> we got a little bit off the, but it's, it's, it's like,
1: you, you know what I'm trying to say? No, oh, of course. Yes. The, the, um, similarities pathway everything like that right um it's all there it's all there and it's it's you know it's like i said to start this podcast way back in september just preview this season I, I don't think i actually previewed the season but i was uh when we First our first couple games. I said, let's just simulate to the end of the, the last game of the season and be like the Packers are gonna be playing for their playoff lives against the vastly improved Detroit Lions. Just as y'all predicted. Just I, I saw in my crystal ball. You know, I saw Jared God.
2: Oh, I think your mic came out, Jordan. I don't know what happened, but I was I was ready for, for the big climax and I didn't get it. <laughs>
1: I got it back on. Damn it! <laughs> <It's hard>. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. I was so like just okay, but yeah. I, um, long long joke short. Uh, I did not predict the Packers having to play for their playoff lives right. um, the last game of the year.
2: <laughs> no, and <laughs> here and we are. Here we are. I don't think anybody would have predicted this. Like I think if anybody tells you that, they <laughs> I don't need...
1: think anyone. Have, I don't think anyone would have predicted this. This, until last week
2: this flight like this this uh this like up and down season this 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 pathway i can't like formulate the word scenario yet. yeah this scenario of the packer season where started off fine like they were three and one i think and yes, then they were. then they went all the way down to four and eight and now they have a chance to be nine and eight like i don't think there's someone who, who told you, like, yep, I predicted that right here in this article or right here in this podcast. I think there was varying opinions on how their season would go. Like, I think there were people who definitely thought they could have a good season, be Super Bowl contenders, as we all did. But there was definitely people out there who were like, they could be bad this year. They could be worse than we think, given the loss of Devontae Adams, loss of the the coaching staff, and just general who's going to catch the ball. scenarios. <laughs> this, like, middle ground, I don't think any of us saw.
1: Throw the Lions in that mix. I mean, they were right, yeah. if they were seven and two in their last nine, they were one in, I seven, think were one in six seven. One six. six. Take a look. Yeah. Cause yeah, both teams are eight and eight. Yeah. And the other type are yeah, but I mean this matchup again, it I no one could have predicted this until like maybe last week or two weeks ago when it became more a a. Uh, it's obviously easy to say now that it's a likely scenario, but it was not at the time. There was still so much help that both teams had to have right. um, happen. And yeah, I, I, this is, this is a big game in, in terms of like, I know we talk about like rivals and NFC North and all that stuff. And obviously it goes to the bears, even though it's not really a rivalry in my mind, mm-hmm. at least in the last 30 years, Vikings have always taken that in my mind. But this might be the biggest Packers Lions game since the playoff game Sterling Sharp comeback, like ninety whatever. That's ninety four. So that's before my Packer watching time. Right. But like I can't think of another Packers Lions game being big outside of like Thanksgiving game. But that was just because people were it watching it. That,
2: yeah. It's like, to... like when that would have mattered. Um.
1: Oh, actually. No, they, they were... in
2: 2017. They played the Packers in the final game of the season to go to nine and seven. Um, I can't tell if they went to the playoffs that year though. I don't think they did.
1: I don't think they.
2: So like, still nine and seven is a big win for them. That's like one of the bad Packer years, if I'm not mistaken. 2017. Yes, it was. So big game for them there. 2016. Um, they played the Packers again. Um. Lost that game, but they still went to the playoffs. Like the the end of the year games for the Lions, the Packers generally do pretty well. Like there's Matt Flynn game. Yep, Matt Flynn game. Like
1: um, the Lions have not made the playoffs since 2016. So right.
2: that was the year they lost to the Packers, who like on the final week of the season.
1: That's probably the, is that Jim Caldwell. That is Jim Caldwell.
0: Hmm.
2: Yep, I think that might have been Calvin Johnson's last year. Maybe, I think I retired before that. Actually, yeah. Yes, you same ballpark. Is.
1: Yeah,
2: I think it. He's not in the box score, which, but I assume would mean he didn't play that year or that like, <laughs> that year. Yeah, because if he's not in the box score, then he likely didn't play.
1: I don't know. I. I. This is. It's gonna be fun.
2: Yeah, lions. I'm nervous but excited.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it, lions it's fight. gonna be. Lions fight. Lions fight, they they come for your kneecaps, your your, uh, your butt shoulders, cheek, your finger. Your butt to, cheek. What was
2: that, that that Dan Campbell said? I don't care if I got two fingers, one butt cheek, and one leg, I'm going to first still gonna fight. I was in Hard Knocks. Like, like shameless promotion for a TV show that doesn't advertise for us.
1: Just a and little known it's, network.
2: It's good. I'd go yeah. watch Dan Campbell be a like freak of nature on hard knocks. It's
1: Dan to Campbell's gonna come into Lambo with like a 80s hockey mask on, like Jason. Probably like I would not surprise him. maybe even machete, but that's not allowed in Lambo security. Um, but yeah, just it's that he's he's just that type of guy that is right. like, I don't care, if we're gonna win. Um and he's certainly said as much <laughs>
2: right. in so many ways. Exactly. So do you want anything else, Jordan? Or should we get into players to watch and score predictions?
1: Let's get down. Let's
2: get so, down to it. Last week, I think we did pretty good for score for our players to watch. Ty had Keisha Nixon Score predictions? No, we don't talk about those. Um Ty had Keisha Nixon and Zadarius Smith. Both pretty good. Um you had, I think Pre- had Nixon. Preston Smith and Delvin Cook. Um Less good, but then I had Jair Rosula and Justin Jefferson, so all players Bragg. worth. Breyer, so um, I believe I went last last week, so I can go first for players to watch. I am going to say that for the Packers, we need to watch. I'm gonna say Christian Watson, I'm gonna take him. I think. He locks up the Rookie of the Year with a big day this week.
0: That's my Ooh. prediction.
2: Um, for the Lions, I'm trying to decide on which offensive player I want to pick because I'm going to leave the other one for you. The other big player. Um, DeAndre Swift. I really hope we can stop the run. Just running backs. I'll do DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, but just like the running backs in general. Hoping that we can yeah. stop them from having a big game
1: general thought of, yeah, Packers. There's so many
2: different directions here. If you don't pick the, uh, the lion that I think you're going to pick, or that I would assume you'd pick, I'm going to add him to my list. I'm
1: going to have four. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Like, I want to throw in Barry Sanders, too. He hasn't played in 25 years or whatever. That's right. It has been. That's right. Um, Packers,
0: uh, I don't want to be obvious. I, I got to fill
1: in there because it's a podcast and everybody's listening to me right now. Um, partially, I, I part I have a thought of going to Jair because it's like you have been talking a lot. Keep it up. Right. When it's not too much of a bother to me, right? <laughs> but I also want you back it up, and... yeah. <laughs> right. Or you're watching someone burn you, and you're looking at and the, you're, the jumbotron. You're a and third like, oh,
2: receiver cooking Jair, like yeah,
1: yeah. I gotta, go, I gotta do it. You can go obvious. That's fine. I gotta go obvious. Rogers. That's this might be his last game as a Packer. That's it's a, a, it's a suitable decision. Like that. Yeah. I There's nothing wrong with it. He's the biggest bellwether to whether this offense obviously succeeds, whether the Packers make playoffs, whether they can go far. Can they repeat 2010? We don't know. They have to make it first. And it's up to Aaron Rodgers to uh, put that together. For the Lions, Mac has a person of interest in mind that I'm going to say. So I'm going to, Try to guess it, but this is also who I believe to. Derek Goff. No, that's, no. Not, that's not who I had.
2: I'll let, you, I'll let you go off on Jared Goff. But Jared preach, Goff. Preach your truth. Um, Notoriously bad in cold weather.
1: Well, that's exactly the point that I was going to make. I looked up mid podcast. You know, we got to do our little Weather Channel segment over here. Right now, weather.com. So that's Weather Channel. 24 degrees in Green Bay for Sunday night. 83% chance humidity. The moon um, rise will be a waning gibbous. Um, we're starting to lose the plot here. Um, <laughs> Jared Goff, a California kid, played for the Rams, also located in California. Notorious when he plays. <laughs> Notorious when he played for the Rams until he moved to Detroit, who plays in a dome
2: in Michigan, right? Um,
1: In Michigan, that is not on the coast. (laughs) That's not where he was born. That's on the third coast, as uh, people have tried to make that a thing with Lake Michigan. Yeah.
2: Not on Lake Michigan either. It's on the other side of the state.
1: (laughs) Jared Goff um, does not play well in cold weather. Um, That's not that cold that he's projected to play in right now. But he's been really good this whole year, better than Aaron Rodgers has been Yeah, better than a lot of people. Yeah. Um, dare I say, maybe top seven quarterback. That's a very specific number, but it's also because there aren't as many good quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Um, but for as much as it is about Aaron Rodgers being the biggest bellwether for Packers it into the playoffs, I believe the same is true for Jared Goff. This could easily, this for as much as we talk about Aaron Rodgers, we're a Packers podcast, and so we talk about Aaron Rodgers and his future and all that stuff, this game could easily determine whether the Lions think that Jared Goff is their f- face of the franchise or uh, long-term quarterback for the future.
2: If they or, don't draft a QB this early with that Rams pick, I might have to wonder what the hell they're doing. Because the proper course of action is to draft the quarterback and trade Jared Goff like that is such the easy decision
1: or do the yeah do or maybe Jared Goff is like Alex Smith and yeah you know I mean that kind of like right but like he never went
2: to Super Bowl 99% sure I'm pretty sure Kaepernick he did good. not as a starter
1: but he went to a Super
2: Bowl not as a starter <laughs> Alec actually May. i don't think did he i don't yeah, think he even he, went to so. i'm sure he i'm sure when kaepernick went he was the backup
1: that's right
2: but like regardless we won't get into that right now but yeah like, like we said jergoff like many other people <laughs> um jergoff and cold weather and games below 40 <laughs> degrees from jacob morley um staff writer for 24 7 sports um jergoff career passer rating and games below 40 degrees 74.9 10 touchdowns seven picks <laughs> Not great. <laughs> um Lions in general are our worst team on the road. Started 0 3 but have won three or four since then. Um they're three and four. Um three and four on the road this year, scoring twenty points a game versus thirty-three uh, away versus home. They have a full almost a full yard less um of yards per play. T D passes at home, twenty-three, td passes away, six. Um wow. Rushing touchdowns away, eight rushing touchdowns at home, 13. Their third down percentage drops 12 points from 46 to 34. Fourth down drops 9 from 56 to 47. And they have um three more turnovers. So like they're just they they were, I think some of those numbers might be skewed from over the season, but clearly not as good of a, of a away team as
1: they are a home team. He just rattled all those numbers off your head. That's that was the definitely most they didn't read those.
2: <laughs> that definitely wasn't a tweet from uh, Zach Cruz um, from this morning. So,
1: <laughs> um, make- oh, no, that is, that passing that passing number is wild. The, the touchdown passes, yeah, it's crazy. So they have they have played more road games than they have scored passing touchdowns. That is correct. That's crazy. Pretty nuts. Well that's why I picked Jared Goff as the Lions player to watch.
2: <laughs> I don't blame you. Not not even a little bit. Um not to lose the plot and get back to it. Um the player I thought you were gonna pick, and which I'm adding to my list of players to watch, was Aiden Hutchinson. Mm. Like probably will be the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, most so. certainly. So um Unless the sauce has something to do about it, but maybe, but they if
0: they're they not going make the
2: playoffs, likely. Yep. So, I th- I think eight hundred has had the better year, but that's just me. Um. Score predictions and then playoff scenarios. You can give your score oh, first. So, yeah. uh, score prediction for the game, and then if they win, we th-
1: who we think they're gonna play?
2: Not who we think. I'm gonna read them read them off from a tweet.
1: Yeah. Okay, that's better. Yes.
2: So, uh, um, so, give your score prediction, and then, regardless of your prediction, ah, I'm going to tell you and the listeners the scenarios.
1: It's funny because I keep looking at me make faces, and I'm like, "There's three screen caps that you're gonna pick for." Oh, there's this a bunch of them. I wish I, I could know. do
2: like. There might be a clone, ah, but have to go through and find them.
1: Oh my god!
2: That's like another one. <laughs> Watch YouTube people get to see Jordan and his facial expressions all the time.
1: Packers 27 Lions 16
2: Packers 27 Lions 16 See, I'm gonna go the opposite because I'm not stitious I'm I'm not I screw it up again I'm not superstitious I'm just a little stitious uh 30-24 Lions I refuse to predict the Packers are going to win because I predicted them to lose for like three straight weeks and they haven't so we're just not predicting them to win ever again and that's I'm a mama um playoff scenarios moving forward um <laughs> I killed Jordan I think this is from Zach Cruz uh, um, from New Year's Day if the Packers win this week big if here are the scenarios in which I believe I've, I'm sure it's right, but um, 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 um playoff scenarios of other game results next week. Yeah, if Philly, Dallas, San Francisco, and Minnesota all win, Green Bay plays at San Francisco.
1: Ugh.
2: I'm listen. I we just talked about it. Let's <laughs> go play in some eighty degree weather. Honestly, I would have visible. Hey, our... they, they went to the San Francisco last year and won. It's true. I ain't saying. I'm just saying. Um, If Brock Purdy, right, same thing. Like it's not Jimmy G. It's Brock Purdy, which Brock P. Who, to his credit, has been playing fantastically. Mm -hmm. So if San Francisco, Dallas, if San Francisco and Dallas win, and Philadelphia loses, Green Bay would play Dallas in Dallas. Like obviously these are all away games. If Minnesota wins and San Francisco loses, Green Bay plays. Minnesota. If San Francisco wins, and Dallas, Philly, and Minnesota all lose, um, Green Bay plays Philadelphia. But, there's no way that um, Minnesota loses to the Bears, because Bears don't have Justin Fields. Like, I, I just don't see Minnesota losing next week. Street Minnesota can happen. still be the one seed. It's crazy. I believe. I'm almost certain they can. Don't quote me on that, Peoples. I don't think they can. I gotta look it up.
1: Cause I'm... I think that I... Because they have the tiebreaker over the Vikings. Um. Or Eagles have a tiebreaker over the Vikings.
2: They do. So yeah, never mind. They cannot. But the Cowboys can, and so can the Niners. Yes. So... Worth... Um worth checking out so yeah honestly in order of who i'd want to play I think this, is a, this is a good little exercise i think i'll i'd go minnesota nope i'm gonna take my gonna take my words back i'm gonna go dallas minnesota san francisco philly I'm way comfortable going into Dallas and kicking their ass, versus going into Minnesota. Minnesota is so hard to play in, like, and it's a divisional game. Like, the, I mean, the third time they played, we played them, which is always a crapshoot. And I just don't want to. I'm not afraid of Minnesota. I'm afraid of playing in Minnesota, if that makes sense.
1: And the best case scenario of playing against them already happened. Yes, like the the best game the
2: Packers got to have. Already happened. It's not likely going to happen again.
1: So I go Dallas. What's going on with Hertz?
2: I think he is maybe playing this week, but maybe not. But I think for sure he'll be back for the playoffs. I think is like the timeline. I can tell you. I can Google it quick while you think.
1: Dallas, Philly, Minnesota, San Fran. I don't want any part of San Fran. I'm sick of it. Just get him You gotta you know, exercise the demon. No, that, that demon ain't gonna be exercise. He's not gonna be on his uh you know uh penet uh I'm not try- Peloton. I'm
2: not trying to poke the bear or test fate. Cause again, I'm officially drinking this this episode's now explicit. I'm sorry, people. I'm not trying to drink drink the fucking Kool-Aid because I I just am. I I Think this defense could handle Brock Purdy, which like is one of those things that gets put on freezing cold takes when we inevitably lose to the Niners with Brock Purdy. Which like this 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 run he has to ha- is ha- is having has to end at some point, right? It has to. He was it's Mr. Per- he was Mr. It, Irrelevant.
1: Like I don't know, man. He ain't Mr. Irrelevant anymore. No. Nope. He's re- he's Mr. Irrelevant. That's pretty it's pretty hard to, I to take where the god.
2: <laughs> All right. I think that's time to wrap up. Would you agree? Yeah. Enough. <laughs> Sorry. All right. You don't got to apologize. That's fine. It's cool. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. couple of promotions to get to. Um, before this podcast, and probably why I'm a little giddy, um, Adam McGee, Andrew Snyder, and I talked Glass Onion, the sequel to um, Ryan Johnson's... I've watched the YouTube people. It's just good content, I promise um uh ryan johnson's sequel to knives out that was released um on christmas eve eve i love that movie i was a big fan um i believe it's dropping this week i don't know the exact schedule but keep a lookout for that um just to come out and if you've seen it i'm sure you'll enjoy the podcast so go check it out it was a big big release when it came out um andrew and adam also record an episode of cruising for a bruising um and Recorded it just in time to get the news of Wade Miley returning to the Brewers, um, I believe on a one-year deal, to round out that rotation. So go check that out for the latest Brewers news. Um, 1-in-6 and Eurostep both have episodes this week. Correct, Jordan? You recorded with Adam?
1: We are recording uh, Thursday afternoon, so a little bit after this comes out. But yeah, we'll have some fresh Bucks takes. Yeah, this guy's pretty good, right? Pretty good. Pretty good. I joined... Uh, we did a three-man emergency pot after Giannis's uh, career night against the Wizards. Me, Ty, and Rohan. So yeah, yep. a lot of bucks, a lot of bucks action going on.
2: Yep. Um, it's even good news considering the the Bucks held on in overtime tonight, Wednesday night, to beat the Raptors after giving up like twenty points in a minute and a half. Um,
1: you know, just simple things. Yeah. Uh,
2: a Giannis assist to Grayson uh, to. Take the lead. Gives him a triple-double. I think he had 30, 30, 20 and 10. 30 21, and 10, which is pretty freaking good. Yeah, Giannis guy, like you said, pretty good. Yeah. Um, Trying to think. What other pods do we have? I think that's it, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And um, this one. <laughs> go check, out, go check uh, that out. Please like and subscribe and review. I haven't checked reviews in a minute. I hope that when I check the review quick that I don't find a coked up review like we heard last time. I love you loyal listener. I had a lot of fun reading it. I just hope I'm not walking into
1: one more plug. Repod, repod, repod. Yeah,
2: go to repod. It's a lot of fun. Um, Check out the discord um, gspin.info to see all of that um, information where you can find like repod links and stuff like that. So um, thankfully, not thankfully, luckily I didn't miss a review. Um, but go read five stars, readers of the review. We're coming up on the last game of the regular season, possibly the last one of the season. Um, talking about background football. Let us know how we did. Let us know what you liked about it. Five stars, reviews, all that good stuff. So, like Jordan said, repod, repod, repod. Go check that out. Discuss us with uh the pods there. Join the Discord. We got a bunch of avenues for um discussion with all the hosts here on the euroscape podcast network and just building a better community than there is on that elscape elon website i am new jordan thank you so much for joining me this evening thank you for
1: having me